there, little snowmen. Welcome back to another episode of And Snow Women and Snow People, The <laughs> Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm your other snow host, Angel. <laughs> and this is our twice monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Because making sense doesn't make sense. No, it's not a wise thing to do. It's not a real thing. And it is twice monthly, even though it takes every ounce of our being <laughs> to make it happen. <laughs> it does. Do, does anyone out there own a podcast studio, perhaps? <laughs> it would help us. Is anyone out there a sound engineer in the greater Southern California area? You'd think like five years in, we'd have like gotten the technicalities down to a science, and yet we have not. Wow. Five. Girl, I, isn't it like six years at this point? Is that true? Did we start this in 2018 or 17? Girl, what is time? <laughs> 20. You know what? We've been doing this since 2012. Since the end of the first calendar. And here we are. Yeah, we made that big timeline jump. Mm-hmm. And I'd now like we're to in timeline, this timeline jump back. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in that timeline, we're in like a high-rise studio. You know, like our engineer, Sam, is queuing us up. Yeah, there's like a view of like a lake. Oh, I like that. Yeah. We're Ducks. like, I don't know, we're like in Minnesota. Minnesota? Maybe we're in New York. Maybe we're in yeah. Chicago. I picture us in New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It's a different timeline. It's a totally different timeline. But in this timeline, I'm Brandon Alter. And I'm Angel Lopez. I'm a queer spiritual healer. So I am, am I. T- I am, okay, <laughs> stop piggybacking onto my introduction. Do you need to go first? Is that is that what's no, going on right now? I'm just trying to give him a two for one. Oh, okay. Sure. Like when Barbara <laughs> Streisand bought that antique seed pearl and diamond bracelet that mm-hmm. she knew used to be a choker. Mm-hmm. And she figured out a way to make it back into a choker, but still be able to wear it as a bracelet, which was basically like two pieces of jewelry for the price of one. And that was her first piece of antique jewelry. Yeah. P.S. We've been listening to the Barbara Streisand autobiography. Obsessively. It is 48 hours long. Yes. It has broken the record for longest audiobook ever recorded, correct? <laughs> yeah. And yet I can already tell that I'm going to be sad when it's over. Oh, completely. Like I it could be too. twice as long and I would not be mad about it. Yeah. I mean, I think if no one had uh, been watching her, it would be twice as long. Because <laughs> she loves to just... Go it, off on a tangent. Exactly. Just gets caught up in her inner world going down memory lane. Yeah. It is so absorbing. I know, but I interrupted you going down your own uh, introduction lane. Right, my own inner landscape where I am telling you who I am and what I do and who I am is Brandon Alter. What I do is spiritual healing, astrology, tarot reading, and I'm also a writer and a performer. And that's, that's all, that's, you know, that's it. Honey, that's enough. It's too much, really. (laughs) But what are you going to do? And you? Let's see. I want to introduce myself as if I were in the alt timeline. Oh, okay. I'm Angel Lopez. I am an astrologer. I am a writer. I'm a Broadway performer. I am a chic stylist. Like for the band Chic? Like you style them? (laughs) Are they still around? I don't know. In the alt timeline, maybe they are. You know what? I think Niall Rogers is touring with Chic. So yes, I style the <laughs> band Chic, and I do it while looking chic myself. And I am also a walrus trainer. Weird, but cool. <laughs> hey, everybody needs a little training, and probably dangerous. I'm a person of danger. What can I say? All right. Well, those are introductions. <laughs> But can I just like can I just like blow you up for a second? Oh yeah, okay. Because in this timeline, you are a film producer. Oh yes, I am a film producer in this. And timeline. a film that you produced like from the beginning, it was a seed pearl in mm-hmm. and of itself, is going to be premiering at the Sundance Film Festival. Hey, and this is going to be your third film that you've produced it that is. premieres at the Sundance Film Festival. It is, which is like objectively a pretty big deal. Yeah. I think so. It puts me probably in like the mid echelon of 
indie film producers. Well, I just want to say I'm really proud of you and congratulations. And if for some reason you find yourself in Park City in mid-late January, you could see Angel's film. And what is it called? It is called The American Society of Magical Negroes. And do you want to give like a little <laughs> I give know. a little pitch about it? You may have heard me say that title and went, huh? Who? Yeah, it is uh it's essentially a rom com wrapped in a social satire and it is about it. I should I should say uh, it is um inspired by what is a pretty broad trope that exists in actually all forms of media, um, which has been coined by Spike Lee, actually, called the Magical Negro, and uh, where there is a black character in a predominantly white movie, and their sole job is to come in and be the best friend or the love interest or the employee of the main white character and teach them lessons about life. Basically Jennifer Hudson in the Sex and the City movie. <laughs> she was Carrie Bradshaw's magical one. Negro. <laughs> I never thought of, of that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a, a trope that was, I think, made relatively you know well known in movies like Driving Miss Daisy and the gone blind with the side wind. gone with the wind um you know green book the help uh you know there's a a, a ton of of uh things but you could yeah. go all the way back to huck finn i guess um but uh but yeah so uh, it's basically about a young man who is an artist and he gets uh recruited into this underground society of black people whose job is to insert themselves into all these white people's lives and try to make their lives better. And he, uh, in beginning that job, starts to realize his own interests, his own passions, and has to choose between doing his actual job or going after the life he actually wants for himself. It's really, really good. I've it seen it good. multiple times. I'm very excited to be there for the premiere. But yeah, come hang out with us at the Sundance Film Festival. <laughs> I'll be giving tarot readings in the lobby of the Pendry Hotel. Oh, will you? No, probably you not. I have okay. no idea how All to. All right, cool. But, cool, cool, but cool. Why not? Um, yeah, we'll see. But the movie comes out March 22nd. You'll hear me talk about it more. Maybe we can get one of the cast members on the show. That's my hope. Oh, that'd be cool. Yes. More to come. But thanks for calling that out. And it is one of those things that, yeah, when you, even you bring that up, I'm a little, like, I shrivel up a little inside. Which yeah, you is get very Barbara Streisand. Something to bring to my therapist, hey. Because inside of you, there are two forces, an unshakable confidence and an unquenchable doubt. You know, that unquenchable doubt is definitely there. <laughs> I don't know about the unsinkable confidence. She's, she's been there. She's, uh-huh. she's booked a few nights at oh, the end okay. yeah but, but she's I don't know if not she a lives. series regular yeah i don't know if she lives there yeah. just yet but yeah i know her she's recurring yeah but that's how barbara streisand talks about herself no, i totally. will be referencing barbara streisand <laughs> about so every much. 45 seconds during this episode because something i've just like continued to realize about myself is just like how deeply my personality and like soul essence is just like built around the essence that is barbara streisand we just like our Venn diagrams connect on a lot of levels, you know? Yeah. I think in like an alt, in the alt timeline, you're probably like her astrologer. Oh my goddess. And we know she totally. likes astrology. Yeah. She mentions being a Taurus more than once in the book. How do I become Barbara Streisand's astrologer? Gotta jump timelines, my friend. Grr. Okay. Three, two, one. Hey, you guys, I'm Barbara Streisand's astrologer. <laughs> All right. And it turns out she's really into astrology. You're delusional. You're delusional. Who isn't these days? <laughs> All right. Should we do a little check-in? Yeah. Let's just check in about our lives. Let's, yeah. You know what? We've been a little downbeat lately. Let's we be have a little been. more upbeat. Oh, okay. Let's just fake it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be deeply inauthentic. Oh, we just came back from a really like... We came back from a really sweet affair with your family. You know what? Shockingly, we did come back from a sweet affair with my family. Yeah. We had a little Hanukkah party. You with, were the co-host. Well, I was the co-host. Me and my grandmother co-hosted the Hanukkah party, uh, which was <laughs> which was something my mom always hosted at her house. Yeah. And she was such a shopper, not unlike Barbara Streisand. 
and had like a full, like two giant Tupperware bins of Hanukkah stuff, like dinner service for 12, so many dreidels and decorations. And I mean, just she had like little menorah napkin holders, just so much. So we kept it, obviously. And she always baked these Hanukkah cookies and we would all decorate them. And so I've wanted to keep that tradition alive. So my grandmother and I put together a really beautiful table and the whole family of like 13 came over and we did a white elephant gift exchange, which was very, very funny. Got super heated at the end there. Everyone was just like jockeying for gifts left and right. Yeah, it's true. It was like very cordial up until the very end. And then it was just like supermarket sweep. Yeah, it was fun. But I said to Angel at the end of the evening, I said, you know, if you were an interloper on tonight's affair, you would think this is a pretty normal family. Yeah. Which, you know, is not the truth. But but amazing that, you know, we found a way to like some some peace. So, you know. I credit all those tips that I offered in our last episode about the holiday season survival guide. Totally. They were alive and well. Now, by the time this episode comes out, we will still be in North Carolina. But as we're recording this episode, we are we've literally just returned from San Diego. And tomorrow morning, we'll be picked up at 545 in the morning to go to the airport so we can go to North Carolina for five nights to be with Angel's family. Yes. And we will continue to utilize our tips. Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. See how it goes on that side of things. Yeah, this will be a very unstructured affair. But it's also like there isn't like a thing we're, uh, you know, creating this around. We aren't like celebrating Christmas or Hanukkah. Though I guess we could co-host a Hanukkah party. All the gays coming out for an unstructured affair. <laughs> All right, that's right. That's what it's going to be. Well, it will be Hanukkah, so I'll bring the Hanukkah candles. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll do a little Hanukkah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can do cookie decorating. We can make cookies. Should I bring the cookie decor? Should I bring like the cookie cutters? Yeah, let's bring them. That's cute, right? Yeah. Force your nephew to like learn about the Jewish heritage that is not part of his makeup. I think if you sat him down and gave him a lecture on it, he'd love it. I mean, he is a Capricorn, so I feel like he's interested in history. Yeah, that's possible. Any hoodle. So happy Hanukkah, everybody. <laughs> we're deep. We're deep in the Hanukkahs of it all, which is obviously very bittersweet because it's hard not to have my mom here, but it's sweet to kind of like throw myself into a holiday that she just like loved so much. And the truth is, is that like, you know, Hanukkah is not that significant of a holiday. Like in terms of Jewish holidays, there are many more that are like much more profound, but it became really popular just because it coexists around the same time as Christmas and that's kind of what I like about Hanukkah actually is it like it's not that serious it's just like an opportunity to like enjoy and like come together and you know it's it's a Jewish holiday like all Jewish holidays which is kind of like commemorates a time when people tried to kill us and they were unsuccessful so I'm always happy to celebrate that I mean a celebration of lights correct yeah exactly it's a celebration of a miracle because the light was only supposed to last for one day and yet it lasted for eight so it reminds us that anything's possible when you work with spirit. That's beautiful. Yeah. But I will just say, personally, I'm feeling a little bit more upbeat, actually. I've been, like, dealing with a very persistent, not serious, but, like, very debilitating health issue. And so in the search of trying to make myself feel better, I have given up caffeine and alcohol which if you are listening and you have ever done, you know, is really challenging, particularly caffeine, which is like truly beyond fiction. My drug of choice, girl. Um, But it's been like a couple weeks now and I'm just feeling that like sense of closeness to myself that comes from like not having any like, you know, outside substance inside yourself. And I've been like giving more healings than usual and just like feeling very connected, uh, a little bit more spiritually resourced and just connected to myself. The thing I actually wanted to share, because I think it's interesting and maybe all will think it's interesting too, is that I have recently started seeing my mom's old therapist. I think I might have teased this um, in the last episode, but there's this like amazing therapist down in San Diego whom I actually saw. Uh, for a few sessions when I was in my like late teens, early 20s. And she is very spiritually connected. And she's like a real therapist, but she also has a lot of different modalities like EMDR and tapping and those sorts of things. And it just kind of like 
struck me, I feel like probably was my mom shaking me from the other side to just like schedule a couple sessions with this woman because we've been going down to San Diego a lot and it's just been like kind of easy to like fold it into like whatever else it is that we're doing down in San Diego. And I've only had two sessions so far, but it has been really transformational and just like, it's not talk therapy at all. It's really more about going within and trusting like one's basically the way I would describe it is that like at the end of the day, we are the ones that like knot ourselves up and then forget that we're the ones that did all of the knotting in the first place. And there are these techniques and sometimes it's just as simple as like having the space held for you to figure out how to unknot yourself and just like acknowledge and see like where you tied yourself up in the first place. And you might start with like one issue that seems not connected to this other issue at all. And then by just like following your curiosity, as, as she says, like to be a servant to your curiosity, you actually realize like deep within us how things are interconnected in ways that your logical mind would never understand um, until maybe then like I've had just had some like crazy aha moments and I'm just really grateful uh, that she exists in the world um, and that I have access to her because I was trying to get Angel in for a session and she was like, let me think about that because I haven't taken any new clients in like two years. And I was like, she booked up. Okay. Um, and I mean, she's been doing that. I mean, she was my mom's therapist for like over 20 years. So there's also something really like, you know, I was just like telling her, I was like, yeah, I'm down for the family Hanukkah party. I'm co-hosting with my grandma. And she was like, wait, can I stop you for a second? I was like, yeah. She's like, it sounds like there's been a real like shift in your relating to your grandma. And I was like, oh, right. Like this woman knows the whole family. I was like, yeah. I was like, I've just chosen love and it's been really nice. And Amen. So I am blabbing on about this because it just became clear to me and it's becoming more and more clear to me. And this might seem very obvious to you, but sometimes it's the most obvious things that need to be articulated. Our whole lives are happening inside of ourselves, which means that everything that happens to us in our lives is connected. And it's so easy for us to compartmentalize like, well, this happened in the past or this is what I want in the future or but the truth is like it's all tied up together. And so our willingness to kind of like engage with ourselves as a whole being as opposed to all these little bits is and even if you feel like disjointed, even if you feel like not all of you is with you, just treating yourself as a whole and learning how to bring the whole of you everywhere you go is like a shortcut to healing. It's almost like acting as if. And even if you just like were to start to look and notice like where in your life do you not allow yourself to bring all of yourself, you might start to get a lot more information about like, oh, what in me is knotted up? Um, because, you know, I'm somebody that's been doing this work for a long time and will be doing this work for the rest of my life. And I realize like, oh, yeah, there are like places where I'm still not bringing all of myself, but learning how to you know, and not in ways where like you have to like, you know, like I don't necessarily go into my family gatherings and like wave a like non-binary pride flag. I don't even know if such a flag exists, but like there are things that like I do that allow me to feel like I'm inhabiting myself fully, um, you know, whether it's like decorating a gingerbread person and saying like, look at this non-binary gingerbread person or just like wearing a little like crop top sweater, which like to me feels like more in alignment with my gender. It's like there are ways that we can bring all of ourselves to everything that doesn't necessarily have to like overly expose us. So that's my share. Thank you for letting me share. Of course. So is the crop top part like you bringing like the whore side of you? <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. I yeah. just wanted to make sure. Just because I'm in a monogamous relationship doesn't mean that I'm not still a total dirty whore. I'm aware. Because we're very sex positive over here. We're sex work positive. We're, we're, we're pretty much positive for everything as long as you're not hurting yourself or others. Here, here. Well, I myself will be uh, working through some of that, I think, this time. As, as you're hearing this, I will be... Uh, you're almost through, baby. I will be at the end, pretty much, uh, of uh, my week with my family, which is probably the place where I struggle to show up as my whole self. Um, 
but I think I've been also like making some real like breakthroughs around that just like recognizing like real like trauma trigger moments for myself even as a kid where I really recoiled and like shrunk within and I think that's really helpful just to like be able to acknowledge and recognize and like I think even just like acknowledge and recognize like that child version of me right like the world where the adult me can like walk into that room after they've experienced some sort of trauma and kneel down next to them and ask if you know like if I can like hold them and give them a hug and tell them that they are okay and valuable and loved um I think like even just being able to like do that for myself is like so impactful and hopefully helps me to go in and uh, be in relation with my family um, from less of a uh, charged place and more of just a present place because that I think is like key and that's probably something I've been really trying to learn this year is a lot more presence and uh, you'll hear a little more about that uh, uh, in our episode because we are not doing a deep dive this week we're actually just going to offer up some well I won't even tease the title of it because it's so on the nose so um, yeah we're, we're going to share some stuff some other stuff later yeah we're like in a reflection period here at the spiritual gaze headquarters mm-hmm. as we move towards the end of the Gregorian calendar year which is also something that is invited by the winter solstice yeah. right like as we start to move into the darkness again deep apologies for all of you southern hemisphere people <laughs> who are entering into the peak of summer in your cute little bikinis and i'm absolutely jealous of all your warm weather you're heading mm-hmm. down there but up here in the northern hemisphere we are starting to turn inward so this episode yes the the deep dive is not a deep dive it's going to be a reflection about our year and then the next episode is going to be our year ahead spread yeah for 2024 so get and your tarot decks ready the episode after that will be uh like a a incomplete but uh still satisfying look into the astrology of 2024 because oh, yeah. we'll be doing a more exhaustive two-part workshop on oh, the astrology yeah. of 2024 um, one of the workshops will be at the end of this month in December, and you can sign up for that now. That's open and available for you. And then the other workshop happens in July. And we did this this year, and it was so useful to have mm-hmm. two workshops as opposed to just like throwing so much information at yourself that your brains explode into yeah. a million little cosmic bits. And so we just we break it up into the first half of the year and then the second half of the year. But we talk about the major themes and give you some overview so that you really know like, okay, how can I start to think about aligning my year with the year that the planets are going to have. Yeah. And honey, those planets, they're going to have quite a year. They are. Okay. They're going to have, have the year that Cher's been having. All of a sudden, they're coming out. They're everywhere. Yes. Dating younger men, looking good. Top 10 single. Planets play a cosmic song. I want to keep dancing all year long. Um, oh God, speaking of planets, it is a good time to be a share fan. And it's a good time to be a fan of the planets. Because it's time for this episode's Cosmic, Cosmic Update. Update. That song. Hey. Whoa. Hey, I'm share, bitch. No, I'm share, bitch. <laughs> oh, I'm share. Not... No, bitch, I'm share. I got a cosmic update. No, for I've you. got a cosmic <laughs> update. Snap out of it, yeah, okay? I... I'm fucking share. You're somebody with a cold, <laughs> like a with a country. Listen, like, in the country. I'm not a huge share fan, okay? But I do know a thing or two about astrology. I learned from Barbara Streisand's astrologer. I don't feel like she talks that loudly. She has a more like soft approach i found lately sometimes. at least in her new well, sometimes in all her talks. recent interviews yeah. yeah no that's true she's softer she's tired you know she's been doing a long time she has nothing to prove so just buy the album everyone all right so um cosmic update everyone i mean the headline news here as you're listening to this is that mercury has gone 
into the retrograde phase. Hope you did your shopping already, or at least your <laughs> online shopping. Oh, yes. If you buy it in store, you're fine. Like, if it's in your hands, it's fine. But just, like, double-check your receipts and make sure you know everyone's size for sure. Like, have they gained weight? Have they lost weight? Are you working with European sizes? You just don't know, you know? Good grief. I'm just saying. No, a lot of miscommunication, true. you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Or just buy in person. But make sure you've talked through it all. Support small businesses. Yeah. You know, or give certificates for like readings or healings, things that always fit, you know, from like two <laughs> queer astrologer healers, there you know, you like go. just hypothetically. There you go. But yeah, um, Mercury has uh, entered her retrograde world and she stationed retrograde at eight degrees of Capricorn. And that's my moon. Eight degrees Cap. Yeah. Oh, right, because your moon squares my sun at 8 degrees Aries. And also my Mars at 8 degrees Aries. Ain't that just the way. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we will be in a Mercury retrograde world until New Year's Day, January 1st. So basically, we always have a Mercury retrograde in December um, for the most part. And so, you know, this is a time to really slow down generally speaking, um, to slow down the mental processes, the thoughts, the ideas. And I think it's all RE, right? So it is a time to reflect, to reconsider, to, you know, re-envision. Renew or release. Yeah. And we're thinking about it in Capricorn. So on some levels... But also Sagittarius Well, too, yeah, right? but we'll get there, I think, to the Sag. But, you know, we're stopping and stalling in the Capricorn. So I think what happens when Mercury enters Capricorn, we then maybe start to think about the big picture plans, right? Like, oh, what are we going to try and get done in the next month, year ahead? And I think on some level, it's like, okay, yes, we can have those ideas. But are we really making those ideas, those propositions from a really present place? Or are we just kind of plugging into that usual thinking mode of like, all right, well, what do I got to get done? What do I got to accomplish? Um, and it becomes about what is my future self going to do as opposed to like, what is my present self capable of doing? So I think you can really pause yourself over these next few weeks, uh, the, the rest of December, to really ask yourself that question. Like, what is my present self capable of doing? And just make it right now. <laughs> like, what are they capable of doing right now? Yeah, reevaluating your capacity. Yeah. Because it's very easy. Angel knows I do this all the time. I like make a lot of plans. And because in the moment it feels like, oh, I'm going to want all these plans. And then when I actually get to the moment when the plan is supposed to happen, I resent my past self so greatly because I don't actually have the capacity for it. Right. <laughs> and also Angel resents me too because usually I loop him into these plans. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm tired, girl. Can't I just sit on the couch and watch couples therapy? Just breathe. That's all I want to do. Um, now, here's the tea, though, that... Mercury will shift back into Sagittarius on the 22nd. And I actually do think that is a time when you can re-engage with some of your socializing, some of your people. Um, but I think, again, it's doing it in ways that feels different than how you have in the past. That also feels like more of a reflection of who you are now. And I think it's about creating environments, spaces, or you know, together finding spaces where you all don't have to like be in big party mode if you don't want to be. It's like, let's get together, but can we just get together and like sit on opposite sides of a couch, <laughs> like connect, you know, just breathe because I think there can be a real energy in the holiday season around like all right here we go here we, what are we gonna do and let's all get together and let's do another thing and now let's go see this festival of lights and let's go do a thing and it's like it doesn't have to be all that wait we're not gonna go see the festival of lights i mean we've been to two already i know but there's never enough lights no i mean i think we can but perhaps we can just walk our neighborhood and see the lights that have been put together by our fans our neighborhood is not full of our fans. 
Well, that's what I call our neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Sagittarius rules candles. Like it is the season of like lighting candles. And so the thing that comes to my mind when Mercury re-enters Sagittarius from the back end is about like relighting something that has extinguished. Like you're not lighting something for the first time, you're reigniting. And especially because Venus is in Scorpio for this time still, it's like reigniting those deeper relationships. So I love everything that Angel's saying because, yeah, we're like reapproaching how we come together. Because Sagittarius is a party sign. It does like want to like seek for and sure. learn. But again, like we're approaching Sagittarius from the back half of it, not from the front half of it. So it's like we know better. We know what that sort of like endless searching gets us. Let's actually like be more measured and be more intentional in how we like take and choose adventures for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And it is mental. So, you know, I know for myself as a writer, like I have some writing projects that I just have not been able to touch. But I want to take some of this Mercury retrograde. retrograde. Oh, the Mercury retrograde. Oh, Mercury retrograde. Oh, darling, I love you. So gorgeous, this so Mercury retrograde. Gorgeous. Um, I want to take this Mercury retrograde time to reconnect and rewrite some of the stuff that I had been working on earlier this year. Because I feel like it's a good way to utilize some of that energy and just kind of like give it some love, but knowing I can like come in from the back, right? As opposed to like, all right, I have to like now make the big plan ahead of what this is. You're gonna hit it from the back. Hit it from the back. Why don't you hit it from the back? So yeah, was she in your top five on your Spotify? Yes, me too. Kim Petras. Yeah, Kim Petras. Top five. We stand. Virgo legend, queen icon. So hot. Future starts now. Um. So yeah, I think that is. I don't know. That's a way to engage with the Mercury retrograde. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, I think what is nice too is that that's nice too. <laughs> it's just that um, you know, we're heading toward well, we just had uh Neptune station direct. We're heading toward Chiron stationing direct on the twenty sixth, and then Jupiter stationing direct on the thirtieth. So I do think too that we are in you know, in a lot of transitional energy mode here, you know, there is just that transitional energy around this month. So just another, uh, I think, amplification of this, like, pause, reflect, um, and on some level prepare, right? Because I think we have to prepare our energies so that we can be more readily able to engage in the forward motion that will start to really emerge in January. I have no notes. <laughs> She's got no notes. Um, Unlike Barbara Streisand at the end of every Funny Girl performance where she just, you know, had notes for everybody. She She's a perfectionist, you know? She just like, she just wants to keep trying for for her best. I think we should all strive for that. Never gets, never satisfied, you know? Why should you be? So I think that's kind of it. That's the big, that's the big thing. There's some moons. There's some good moons to be explored. But uh, if you follow our Moon Day Mondays on Instagram, which are happening again, you'll get some They're back. tea. And also now. <laughs> our wheel of the year is open for registration again. It's back for the dreaming season. So yes. that's Capricorn, Aquarius and Pisces season. And we work a lot more deeply with the new moon and the full moon. So I encourage y'all to join us. Cause we're dreaming of you tonight. But tomorrow we'll be holding you tight. And there's nowhere in the world I'd rather be than here in the wheel of the year with you. That's so beautiful. Is that in sync? Backstreet Boys. Oh my God, Mariah. There is a. You just lost a whole group of our listeners. Who is it? 
Selena. Oh, that's Selena. Yes, girl. Wait, really? She that's she she originated that song. Yeah. Well, it's been covered a lot. Let's be real. Not that I've ever heard. But certainly, the Backstreet Boys or NSYNC did it. Really? Oh yeah. Oh wow, I've never heard that. Yeah, and also probably Mariah Carey. <laughs> I don't know if I'm anyone sure. covered it, but now I'm going to be searching for that. I don't know. Maybe I'm high. You're definitely not high, but you sometimes Girl, have a bad memory. I am not high. I've not been high for four and a half years, and it shows. Woo! <laughs> 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 In a good way. All right, kitty cats, let's get you to what this episode's really about. A new segment that maybe we'll never do again, but we're doing it right never now, again. and it's called Lessons, Lessons Learned. Learned. Lessons learned. Hmm. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. So we thought, since we were pulling into the station of 2023, that we would do a little retrograde reflection ourselves. We also know that most of you all just like to, we don't know why, but you just (laughs) like to hear us talk about ourselves. That's like, we know a lot of you just like tune out for the astrology and just like tune in where we make fools of ourselves. And we thought maybe we'd lean into a little bit of that. So it's like an auditory only fans, but for free. uh, Yeah. Great. This is a really good business plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. But you know, like this has been for those of you that have been following along with us, a really, really, really challenging year. I would actually say, like, I have found personally this year to be more challenging than last year. Mm. And so we thought, in the spirit of everything that we teach and preach, we would mine this year for the lessons that we have learned from it. Because the truth is, is that the hardest moments of our lives usually offer us some pretty tremendous gifts if we're willing to sift through the discomfort and the grief and the loss and the pain. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're here to do it. And we'd be curious to know what lessons you've learned as well this year. If you could sit with yourself for a moment. But let's begin. What lesson, what lesson have you learned? I'm sure we have multiple lessons. So just, just share, just share one lesson with me. One lesson I have learned this year is just um how large my capacity to love can be um like just how uh great the heart can expand and i think like it's actually been loss that has taught me that like you know and I think because of this year losing our pup Noche um, and really having such a like front row seat to that whole experience. um, Like you realize just how much you've loved. And I think I know that I, love a lot of people and things in this world. Uh, But I don't think I like fully was present to like how great that love can feel and be and how great it is. And then that becomes like a scary thing, right? Like, oh, fuck. Like, if I love this this much, then I love this person or this aspect of life just as much and maybe I'm not fully plugged into that reality because it's still here you know and I needed like a loss to help me see just how like how big my heart can like be in something so I think it's also like given me so wait can uh, I just I just want to make sure I'm understanding you correctly so you're saying that you learned the size of your love through the loss of it. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I totally understand that. Because you're like in the everyday of something, of like 
an experience of a relationship and you get mired down in the like daily rigmarole of things, you know, and it's not until the loss is like fully experienced that you then like realize like, oh shit, like this is how great of a hole sits in my heart now. Yeah. It's like taking things for granted. Right. And so recognizing that, um, and realizing then what I was going to say is that like, it's kind of given birth to like something I have to like pledge for myself in the new year, which is like learning how to better experience that amount of love in relation to living and in relation to like those that I'm with now. Cause I think we can all like hold ourselves back from things because we know like, Oh, this could go away. This could end. So it's that whole, notion of like I can't fully feel the joy I can't fully feel the love um but I think that is incredibly necessary and that's not to say that I didn't allow myself to feel and have never allowed myself to feel like joy and love fully because I I do feel like I have but I think um I didn't know how big love could be until this year and that's no shade on you, because obviously I love you immensely, and I know how big love can be. Um, but you still, like, it expands even further, right? Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, of a great sage of our time. Oh, here we go. Who? Well, someone just once saying that she had to lose you to find herself. Oh yes. Uh, to lose you to lose you to love me. Mm-hmm. Is that the lyric? Yeah, to love to love. To love to love. Yeah. To love to love. Selena Gomez, not mm-hmm. Selena. <laughs> no. Not the original Selena. Yeah, it's interesting. I one of the lessons that I have learned this year through this seemingly never-ending grief PhD program that I'm enrolled in that my soul enrolled me in is my capacity to sit with others in deep pain Mm, mm -hmm. and i think even though like i've been through some fucking shit in my life before all of this loss i was much more reactive to other people's pain and wanting to fix it wanting to make it better and even like as a professional healer letting my ego get involved and feeling like it was my job to address all of that Whereas the truth is, and I mean, I've known this for a really long time, but it's much easier said than practiced, which is that a healer's job is just to hold really beautiful, safe space for somebody to encounter themselves. And now I think because I have walked through those really dark places in myself and I'm continuing to do so, that I am much more capable of just sitting in the presence of somebody who's in deep pain and not trying to manipulate or fix or even like insert my own opinions i'm just able to like be there and it doesn't scare me and i don't shy away and i don't get uncomfortable i'm not afraid i'm like gonna say the wrong thing and that is Mm -hmm. a bit of a superpower that is and it's a superpower that was only bestowed to me from losing so much in such a short period of time but i've you know like i've experienced grief from a lot of like i've lost a parent that i love very deeply i've lost a child that felt like an appendage of my own i've lost a cousin who felt like a brother like i've really experienced some of like the most profound losses that a person can experience in this life um and that and then if you can make it through to the other side it teaches you how to be present for other people when they're going through it so you know, considering the line of work that I'm in, it's a good thing to learn. Yeah. And I've definitely learned it this year for sure. And I'm still and I'm still learning it. But there's a there's very little now in other people that scares me. So I'm able to kind of like sit in the presence of anyone who might need 
healing and just be able to like love them. I mean, I really actually like, maybe this sounds cheesy as hell or I don't know, but, but I really think of my work, like when somebody books a session with me, I literally think to myself, like my job is like for the next 90 minutes or two hours to like love the shit out of this person and whatever Mm -hmm. comes through that and my relationship with my helping and healing spirits is the work. Yeah. Mm, That's beautiful. I love that. Cause I think it's like very easy sometimes to like judge or like get analytical. And I'm like, no, no, that's not what we're doing here. I'm just here to love this person and see what comes out of it. You're just holding like a compassionate love space for them. Yeah. And sometimes I'm tough loving that person, but Amen. So that's one of my lessons. One of my lessons learned. Another lesson I've learned this year is that you can totally wear black and blue together or brown (laughs) and black together. Uh Like those rules are dead, you know? I've also learned that you can continue to wear skinny jeans even if Gen Z is going to make fun of you or identify you as a millennial. Because you know what? Skinny jeans look good, okay? They look good on the body, and I'm not giving them up. Well, they look good on your body. They don't look good on every, every... Form, in my opinion, they don't look good on me, but I think they look good on you. Well, I'm going to keep wearing them, even if it ages me. No, I'm not like entered into that like era, you know, like how they say like people like keep the same hairstyle for like the age when they feel the best and they like never let it go until Brandy Glanville calls you out in the middle of uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. Oh, right. When she called out Lisa Rinna was like, at least I've had the same hairstyle for 20 years. But I think that's I mean, I, I have purchased some like looser pants and i yeah. like it you've entered i'm the rocking gen, the era what the gen zers are doing with the baggy pants but every once in a while i just want to put on my tight black jeans and just feel my oats and i've learned that's okay yeah lesson learned well i'm glad that you learned that look they Important can't all be heavy lesson. lessons you <laughs> know sometimes we've got to learn we've got to learn what works for us true 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 i've learned i like earrings i can sleep in you know, like, I don't like taking earrings in and out all the time. I just, I, I like a huggy that I can just lay on my side and fall asleep with. Oh, I mean, I have studs that I always just sleep in. All right. Well, that's good for you. Yeah. They're super comfy. Yeah. I've learned that uh, what I like most in a handbag is one that has like a really strong closure, either like a zip or like a magnetic closure on top. And it needs to have both like a crossbody strap and a top handle. Like my favorite bags have both. So that way you can choose how to carry it in the moment. I've really mm. learned that about myself. Mm-hmm. These are important things, you know, you got to learn. <laughs> wow. You've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. <laughs> what, what else have you learned? Well, I think something I've learned for myself this year is that it is okay to retreat. Mm. And I think that's like something I've like. Wait, where are you going? Wait. <laughs> hey, we're not done with the show yet. JK, Angel's still here. I'm here. Um, yeah, no, I, yeah, and thinking about this, I was just trying to, like, understand, I think, like, just what has, what have the, like, experiences of my year taught me? And I feel like I've had a lot of experiences this year where I have, like, pushed myself to try and engage in something or re-engage in something and just, like, not had the energy or the passion or the excitement and just, like, haven't been able to do it and have been able to cease beating myself up for not pushing myself. Um, And I think even like if I can like pull the curtain back a little, like not too much girl. Well, when this ain't a peep show, we were in, I know then we'd be charging. Um, Back in the spring, you know, when we had planned an actual retreat, I think this is kind of when I like learned it, you know, was that we had planned this retreat and we felt like, I think I I should just say for myself, like I felt like it was something we needed to be doing um, for ourselves, for our community, um, for the brand and I, you know, wasn't that fully, like, passionately. She was not vibing it. Yeah, I was it not was passionately like invested to plan it with her. Yeah, I was just like not really engaged, and I think it was like, you know, because we were like a month out from 
a very traumatic loss and I didn't feel like I could be like holding space, especially after we had had like just two lot, you know, it's just been like three years of loss. And so it was just like, I just felt like I couldn't like get it up for it. And, um, it was just too soon from when we'd had, uh, the loss and of Noche. So I wasn't like fully invested in, in promoting it or, you know, working to get it going. And I think we realized like, oh, okay, like the amount of our expenses versus how many people we had signed up. It's just not, it's like not going to balance out well enough. So let's, let's cancel it. And it was like my recognition of like, oh wait, I need a retreat. Like I don't need to host a retreat. <laughs> like I need to be on retreat. And it was almost like I went into though, like the other, you know, it's like we think of retreats now as like these, you know, sort of wellness oases, you know, where you go and you kind of like do workshops and learn about yourself. And maybe there's a pool or a hike, you know, and like, and that's, I think what the type of environment we want to uh, host. But I felt like I needed to do the other kind of retreat, which was on some level, like wave a white flag and be like, I surrender. I need, I have like not, I am not able to accomplish the thing that I have set out to do. So I am going to turn back. And recognizing that like it's okay sometimes to turn back was a huge lesson for me because I am someone who like doesn't like to lose. I'm an Aries, you know, doesn't want to give up, um, doesn't want to throw in the towel, like wants to make sure things have like the proper closure or the proper ending or the proper commitment. And I think like allowing myself to retreat, um, has been really helpful and necessary and it's been a humbling lesson for me um but i think it's also like allowed me to be more present to the other shit that i've needed to be dealing with like within myself this year yeah no i think that's actually really well said this kind of dovetails and refers back to what you were saying because one of the big lessons for me has been about like letting go Mm -hmm. and that like life is a process of letting go actually it's not a it's so tempting like as you get older and achieve more and accumulate more you like want to grip more tightly yeah and I remember like a really profound journey spirit trip that I took where one of my helping spirits said to me like everything that's been happening to you in your life of late has actually been to teach you about letting go and you've been doing the opposite you've been like gripping more and more tightly and you know it's so easy for us to uh, maybe that maybe you don't feel this way maybe it's just me and then also like what i see reflected in the culture but like getting very attached to like the way that we look and like not wanting to like age or like things to change like we just like want to like lock it you know the way barbara streisand talks about when she was rehearsing funny girl how the director would say like oh that was great lock it freeze it and she's like i don't know how to lock it i i'm alive every night on stage like i can't do it the same you know it's like that's life actually we can't lock it we can't freeze it like things are going to change and so i've realized that actually like i want to live a life where like i'm used up by the end of it as opposed to like prematurely embalmed you know mm -hmm. and that's not easy you know but i really am like looking at and this is the same thing with like accumulating possessions i'm in a devil year i've done a lot of shopping this year it's been part of my grief process and i've realized like there are things that i buy that make me feel like they own me and so as opposed to like me like owning them like like i i grip more tightly i'm like nervous about it i'm like is it gonna like you know like i spent too much on these shoes are they gonna fucking get ruined and then i'm gonna be upset and it's like okay like this is not a way to move forwards these are not things that are worth my resources especially when the shoes are white i know well that was you know they were on sale the white shoes wasn't such a problem <laughs> the white shoes i was like these are gonna get ruined and that's part of the fun but it's really just about, for me, and maybe this is useful for you too, looking at life as a series of unclenching, opening up more and more. And a smooth move, if you will. Well, I've also learned that. But that's another story. <laughs> and 
I think it's about like the the tighter we grip to ourselves and the more things we need to feel comfortable, the smaller our world actually becomes. And this might sound pithy, but I like want us to transition from checked back people to carry on people. Like I want to be somebody that needs less, that like can go anywhere. And I mean that both literally, but more so metaphorically, because I'm married to a Taurus rising. So it'll probably, Angel's always going to check a bag. So I might as well just, just stop gripping to that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, I've learned, I haven't learned this lesson, but I've learned that I want to learn this lesson, which is like a continual needing less to feel good and secure. Because, I mean, something I've also learned just like in these past couple weeks is like more is not more. Like we backloaded this whole year with so much travel, thinking it was like something to look forward to and was going to like make us feel better from like all of like the loss that we've experienced this year. And like we ended up canceling some of that travel, you know, because we were like, it's too much. I'm barely standing. So I know Phoebe Tureen is probably listening to this and her you know, whole motto is more is more, but I am learning that more is not more. Sometimes. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes more yeah, is sometimes more. more sparkle is more sparkle. Yeah, yeah, fair. But for the most point, you need to have time to absorb, integrate, digest. Can't just keep flitting from one flower to the next. And I've also learned that I love a knit. <laughs> oh i mean like i've always known i mean I've, i mean i've loved knits for a long time but i was just able to articulate it for myself like i just love a knit more than mm. anything else you know mm -hmm. like there's just something about like a knit textile like i just love a knit you know like a, like, like my favorite garments are knits you know it's very in um style right now knits mm -hmm. I, I, a chunky knit especially but sometimes you know just like a more street i just i love a knit you know very a on vogue knit. yeah I'm a knit queen. Yeah, you're a trend queen. Well, sometimes. You're very on trend. Okay, well. The baggy cords, the knits. Listen, I follow my own inner compass, and if that aligns with what the culture is doing, that's what the culture is doing. Maybe the culture is doing because somebody saw a picture of you. Well, that's completely delusional. Oh, yeah, I was just trying to make you feel better. I don't need that. About being such a sheep. I'm so kidding. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'm tired, honey. <laughs> I'm tired. All right. Do you have any more lessons learned? You know, I think I just exemplified it now, which is just being present. Oh, yeah. I think I've learned to be so much more present this year. Um, I think I, in years past, have been so in my head about things. Like, I'm always, like, worrying about, you know, the conversation I have to have or... Um, you know, worrying about what people will think. And I just have learned to be so much less concerned and more present to what is now, what I'm feeling now. And I think that comes with some social challenges because I don't feel like um, I'm able to, you know, kind of put on like a social face in the way that I used to. Um, at least not without the help of a um, cannabis-infused gummy. But I um, do feel like I have found ways to be like so much more present for the conversations I need to be having and what interests me, what I care about, and also just like what I, what my needs are. Um, so I'm hoping that I can just like continue to hold space for that kind of presence and, and do better at giving all aspects of me the presence they deserve. Well, I want to affirm all of that actually. Thank you. Like as somebody who's lived with you for, for 13 years, you have been much less in your head and you are much more present. Thank you. When you're not under the influence of a cannabis infused gummy or hiding in your phone. Sometimes I'm even more present then. And you know what? Sometimes you actually are. <laughs> yeah. You just miss it because you're hiding in your phone. It's not true. I hide all sorts of places. <laughs> You'll never find me there. <laughs> under your invisibility blanket. All right. So we hope this has inspired you to ask yourself, huh? What lessons have I learned? Lessons this year? learned. 
Lessons learned? Lessons learned. Let loose. We should have called this segment Lessons Let Loose. So now it's time for the tarot card of the episode. Do any of you just fast forward to the tarot card just to get like a quickie read? Probably not because most of you can probably just pull a card for yourselves at this point. But sometimes you just need to hear Brandon's impeccable explanation. What if we started each episode with a tarot card and then ended each episode with like a song the way like Sandra Bernhardt does it? (laughs) Well, she starts with a song. And then ends with a rant or a quick goodbye to her guest after she's ranted. And she's like, well, we don't have any more time now for you because I've been speaking for the last five minutes. But it's lovely to have you here and I hope to see you all again later. Bye. Honey, you've arrived. (laughs) And now you got to go. Well, we could try doing the tarot card at the top at some point just for fun. I don't know. Just, you know, practicing not gripping, being fast and loose with things. Love it. Things got to evolve. Things got to change. All right, here we go, kids. Time for this episode's tarot magic. So just take a moment, connect to the cards by listening in to the sound of them being shuffled. Just trusting that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. giving us one card that can help us move through whatever life wants to teach us, show us, offer us, challenge us, bless us until we are back together again. The Two of Cups. So the Two of Cups is the lover's card. It's not the lover's card in the major arcana, but it shows two people, each with their own cups, and they're actually like getting ready to exchange their cups with each other or they've like just exchanged cups. So what we're like basically seeing is two people pouring into each other. And I think maybe that's a little bit of what Angel was talking about earlier with the astrology, which is like slowing down and it's like quality, not quantity. Like how are we actually digesting the experiences that we have with the people that matter to us so that we can actually be present for the importance of our relationship well before we actually lose those people or those relationships. So first and foremost, the Two of Cups is saying like, how do we pour into other people and how do other people pour into ourselves? But then I think we go into the deeper meaning of the card, which is how I always connect to it, which is the way in which we respond to anybody is really just a reflection of how we respond to ourselves. So we're actually always meeting ourselves. And so we're looking in the Two of Cups at how we're pouring into ourselves and how are we bringing, and it's actually kind of hearkening back to what I was talking about earlier, about like a sense of wholeness, about allowing the different aspects of yourself to all collaborate together. And so you might even think about what aspects of yourself, and you might even give them like little names, have you like not allowed to actually like show up in your life? Have you like hidden the closet or like put in the back seat? And those are the parts of yourself that actually need the most love. Those are the parts of yourself that actually like could change your feeling stuck. Because if we're feeling stuck, if we feel like we can't get out of a rut, it's probably because we're not using new aspects of ourselves that would flip the script. So... Just start to pay attention to that. And at at the very essence of all of this is a commitment to loving yourself more deeply. And there are many ways to love yourself, but learning how to love yourself when you're alone, but also learning how to love yourself through the way that you engage with other people and making sure that you're not settling for people second best when they're with you. You know, like when you show up for yourself, other people will show up too. They'll pay attention to that spark, to that light, to that presence that you have to offer. And just bringing that love. But it starts with you. I think like so often we think like, well, if somebody would just like love me for this or like love me for this. I mean, like this is something I've learned this year, which is that like I dress for myself. I do not dress for the world. I do not care what you think. I mean, I love a compliment. I have Venus and Aries in the first house, but that's not why I do it. I do it for me because it's how I show my love to myself. It's how I celebrate the vessel that is my body and my spirituality and my spirit and the goddess who put me here at this time on this planet. 
And so I think like using that, right? Like how are you loving yourself for yourself wherever you go in the world, making sure that that is what guides you forwards. Easier said than done, I know. But also in this card is the caduceus, which is the symbol for modern medicine. And this is the medicine of being human, which is loving oneself. Wherever you are not loving yourself, going against yourself, or disassociated from yourself is usually where the problems arise. And so just start to bring all of yourself to the party that is your life because everybody on that guest list was invited by the goddess. So even if you disagree, who are you to disagree with the goddess? They're in you. They're there. Let them come to the party. And hopefully that party is just you sitting on a couch with some nice smelling candles and some beautiful music and some delicious, delicious food. And it won't overtax your nervous system. That's some good tea. Thank you. I've really been loving peppermint bark tea, actually, recently. Peppermint bark tea? Yeah, they were selling it at Sprouts. It's like part of like a holiday collection. It's a caffeine-free green tea, peppermint tea, with like a rooibos and like a there's like a chocolate component. It's oh, really, it's delicious. It's caffeine free. Yeah, it's caffeine free. All right, maybe I'll try it. And with a little bit of that like oat milk pumpkin creamer, it's really ju- it's a delight. You sold me. I'm like so Barbara Streisand right now, just like <laughs> specifically talking about things that I have to eat or drink. This episode has been sponsored by My Name is Barbara. My Name is Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> New book by Barbara Streisand. By Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Narrated by Barbara, Barbara Streisand. Streisand. Honestly, listen to the audiobook. Don't, I mean, buy the book if you'd prefer, but listening to it is really fun because she adds, she she actually like just riffs on what's the text. She like, yeah, will, she like ad libs. Yeah, she ad libs. They uh, put songs in. Honey, she's not reading it as written. Let if me tell you. If you right have now. 50 hours of life, just so you're Everybody looking Everybody has fill. 50 hours of life. Yeah, it's great. Just, you know, in the car while you're commuting. I'll be honest, she has some real, like, real nuggets of, like, deep spiritual wisdom, too. Mm-hmm. Something she said, just in, like, we're, like, only in, like, chapter nine. Like, we are not that far into it. She said, what comes from the heart goes to the heart. Mm-hmm. And that, honey, that's sagacious. True that. All right, you know how to find us. <laughs> you know where we live. <laughs> Don't show up at our door. Uninvited, please. That's only for the coyotes and the bobcats. Yes. But, you know, we're the places where you find us. Mostly our website. Yeah, thespiritualgaze.com. But Instagram is a good place if you want to get all the information we have going on. Get our videos. TikTok, we're also posting there. Uh, both at the Spiritual Gaze. Sign up for our Astrology of 2024 workshop. Yeah, come Sign hang out with us. Sign up for the Wheel of the Year. Yeah, come hang out with us. Until next time, this has been your transit through the Spiritual Gaze. Don't tell me not to live, just sit and putter. Life's candy and the sun's a ball of butter. Who told you you're allowed to rain on my parade? 